0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host Cameron Durr and today I have another bonus episode with Dorge from Fireknock and we are also joined by Dave Murray from Vital Limits and we are diving in today to talk about Dorge's aero concept. Now that's not A-R-R-O-W, that is A-E-R-O, aero concept and this is Dorge's take on kind of a an insert system. So, I'll let you guys listen to the podcast to learn more about what he's talking about there. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. So please don't skip through it. Listen to the entire conversation with Dorj. He really, really wants to help us out as bow hunters and as archers to have a better experience through these products. So please take the time. Listen to what Dorj and Dave have to say while you're at it. Please give me a written review on iTunes it really helps me out reaching new people so if you like what you're hearing maybe there's someone else that you think's going to like to hear it share it with them leave me a review and we will continue to bring you these gear episodes so for now let's get into today's episode All right, everyone, we are back today with another episode with George and Dave Murray, the archery experts, and if you haven't already, please go back and listen to last week's episode with these guys, because this week we're moving on, and we have some really exciting stuff to talk about. I know George is fired up this morning to talk about it. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad to see everybody after after the last episode. I really want to dive into one of the most exciting part of the Aeroshaft and uh, and also my development and research on what Aeroshaft actually does and does not. So I think this week is going to be really exciting because I really want to talk about something that we and um, want to explain what it does and what it really do for the new generation of archery. I mean, everything moving onward from 2016 that did they make this so critical. I mean, um the word one I'm gonna talk about is a thing called aero concept. Actually the word phrase was invented by my very good friend Dave Murray. I say Dodge, that's that's a concept. I say, yes, it is a concept. Let's call it aero concept. Well well, let me give you the of history of what this is about. In 2017, I was, uh, I, I got introduced to a very good friend of mine called uh, Jim K. He is the inventor of reverse draw crossbow, scorpion. He's the owner of it. And uh, he was having a very hard time to get many aero fly right with his. Then the crossbow that he have is, uh, at that time, it's called an 165 uh, It's the first 425 feet per second crossbow. At the same time, the only arrow, crossbow arrow that is available at the moment was a gold, was go-tip laser uh, laser two. okay? A go-tip laser two is nothing more than a go-tip 22 series, which is a 300-spine arrow cut to 22-inch. Now, you can imagine, you've got a 300 ID with a 300-spine, 22-inch shooting at 425 feet per second. I mean, just like every single arrow, once in a while, you've got a good one. But the problem is that how do you get to many good ones that should reasonably accurate and have consistency, which is where his problem is. His problem at the time, he said, I got a, a laser tube and out of 12, that's one of them is called a magic arrow, but out of the 11, they pretty much can't shoot. I say, well, the, the problem is that it's, uh, uh, it's not enough spine. The arrow is too weak. It goes on like noodles. And then at that moment, I figured that I would do something magical Actually, not magical, but logical is the word. <laughs> I go ahead and put a GoTip tube twenty-two insert and insert an arrow OD that go tube make. That is a two hundred ninety-eight thousands on the OD. So I put a seven and a half inch in the front of it and glue it together. Well, the arrows all great good. That's the beginning of arrow concept. What what actually happened is that the first arrow tube and the second arrow tube, because they are made of different modulation carb, when you flex it, they have different frequency. As you have different oscillation frequency, when you put them together, they will cancel each other, which is now resulting in a in a much faster recovery arrow, but at the same time, a stronger spine arrow. Well, in theory, it works great, but in actuality, what I discover is a not a very good idea. It's not a, not a very good idea the way I did it. It was it, it should good for a very short while, which begin the whole development process because the arrow start. After a while, the two carbon tubings are separate from each other. The arrows start cracking between the insert and the tubing. And not to mention the inserts are falling out. Well, that led to a lot of development, a lot of research and find out that the problem with this whole process is that every glue in the market, when you try to do that, do not, because we got from tubing to tubing or call layer separation, because all the glue I use, like super glue gel, super glue, normal epoxy and so on, all have one problem. As the arrow flexes, the glue actually crumbles. And the crystallization of the glue breaks. Well, then the two layer no longer maintain, and then from arrow to arrow, because the layer separation, the consistency of the arrow goes straight down. And at the same time, the insert between the carbon as the arrow flexes that creates a huge amount of disturbance between the carbon tube, inner carbon tube and the insert, which cause the outer arrow aero tube to crack in most cases break well that lead to two discovery and invention and patterns the first thing we recognize the only way to keep the first tube not cracking the inner tube not cracking, is that we need to put a shoulder on it so the aero tube had to go into aluminum insert that go into the aero shaft that take, which become the, the 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 fifth u.s pattern i granted on archery is about double shoulder that actually takes up that problem then really get deep into it is the problem with the glue. Actually, the entire arrow concept do not work until the glue works. We have to talk to Hank, uh, talk to uh, um, Hankos, which is part of a uh, uh, Loctite. My well, Loctite find Hanco, and then research into what glue to use. We end up to find a glue that is really really good. It did everything we wanted to. It's a two-part epoxy. It got a thirty-six hour cure time, but a uh, cure time. But there was one critical factors it does not harden. It bonds, but it doesn't harden. You have a two and a half to three C penetration. So now imagine this, we've got this glue, we'll penetrate both into the carbon from two to three C and it do not hard. The only downside is that $1,200 a gallon. Now, which explains why a lot of people say, you thought you've got two tube of 20cc and you want 20 bucks for it? I say, yeah, power that up. Actually, I technically sell that at cost, <laughs> but that is where the magic is. The magic of Aero concept is actually in the glue. And um, Dave was one of the few guys who did it with me. And uh, I think he can chime in and tell you what this wonderful stuff can do. So what you're saying is with the glue,
2: being means it does it hard and it's going to act kind of like its own dampen, um between the tube, um, the inner tube and, and the shaft, but it still lets the
1: arrow behave like an arrow. Actually, you did, did nearly ninety-nine percent right. Is this actually what happened is that we prevented the the physics what called the in, in construction, the physics called layer separation. That was one of the detrimental part of the previous generation in the process of developing arrow concept. But that glue really make all the difference in the world because see, without the glue, the dampling process will no longer be consistent which means the arrow bending will not longer be consistent, which means the arrow is no consistent, it's no good. Right, right, so you would want the arrow to still
2: behave like the arrow, and that's what the glue allows, rather it locking everything up.
1: Correct, because see, uh, some people was thinking that this is all about an insert, because some people even go so far to make a six, seven inch insert and put it inside the shaft. Right. But,
2: that's a good point because I heard about people. Um, how do you mention that? Um, <laughs> why
1: why can't we have like a just a big long metal five inch insert? Well, because if you do that, that arrow end up with a five inch plus whatever broadhead length is. That whole thing becomes the fuel point length. Wait a you minute. So know what you're now. saying is? So what you're saying is if I
2: have a twenty inch arrow and mm-hmm. I put let's just use five inches as an example of a metal
1: insert, I have a fifteen mm-hmm. inch arrow. Yes, you end up with fifteen inch and six inch. Viewpoint, which is also the same thing. I mean, this is another interesting point because I talked to a lot of guys with, a, with the with NFAA and also National Archery or uh, International Archery. Imagine you got a go, you got a, uh, a basic uh, a target arrow, and then you got those break points. Remember the point, the point that's five inch, three inch long, and you mm. break the points out to glue it. What's happening to the shaft? That section of the yeah, shaft. So, what happens at a natural bending point in the shaft? Does it get moved backwards? Absolutely, it does because in, then the, actually imagine this. You got a let's go with a crossbow, which is small number. We go with a twenty-inch arrow, and then you got a five-inch insert in it. Your node is gonna be one inch behind the five. It's have 7 inches. Whatever you add in front of it, you should feel point. Then the whole thing become your your static of your view point. Now, if you remember when we talked about the, uh, the 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 entire action of the arrow shaft when you first shoot it, you also got the node. Now imagine your node is all the way behind the insert. Mm. So when you shoot, that's where your arrow rests, or your front of your uh, your crossbow should rest. Now where is it? Isn't that getting kind of ridiculous? The reason the node is so important because that is where the arrow flexes at zero. That means that is technically no flex on that, and that is where when you find your arrow, you build your arrow, you put a broadhead, a few point on it the first thing you do is find your, but the node is no longer as important in arrow concept compared to others because the node is no longer one point, which in every single arrow doesn't node. The node is where the arrow flexes on the axis in the front part, which is where your arrow should be. But- So just for viewers, like what a little bit. Okay. First of all, I want to show you how to find it. First of all, get yourself a block of hardwood. Okay. And then you hold the arrow on the neck loosely then you put the field point on it and you slightly tap the arrow on the front about three inches and you tap on that hardwood until you heard it hit a spot that it doesn't mean bang 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 it'll bounce on it the reason when you hit that spot it was dead because that is the turning point of the arrow when and that is the point where your arrow rest should be now think about it if, if your if your note is Found and your angle or your shaft is very the softer your shaft is, the worse it. But the parabolic action of the note, think about it. Assuming the, no, the the entire arrow next to note have a say a 90 degree flex in it, the moment you're off the note, every single inch, every, every single if you're off the note by one inch, based on the angle, you're off the center by 0.71 inch. So it's pure tension. By the con- by
2: using the concept system, that becomes beneficial because we actually
1: broaden the node point. And yes, it- the word broaden is not used correctly. The one is that we lower the entire angle to the point that it is less significant for the node to be one point. Because you imagine if passing the node, we have forty five degree on each side, on other on each side. The moment you pass that point, every single distance is geometrically increases. But then is the moment when we lower the angle or in the case arrow concept, we find out the angle was lowered by about close to 1200%. Yes, you hear me right. So we're talking about 12 times, we're talking four to five degrees compared to 45 degrees. So at the moment when you move, the distance increases away from the node, your total oscillation difference from the center is minimized, which is not critical in vertical bow, but is extremely critical in crossbow. Because as you know, crossbow, that is no error rest in most cases.
2: Now on the uh, concept system, um, that's in. In short, we put more energy behind the point because we got faster recovery
0: from mm-hmm. launch.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about a little bit what happens in the beginning stages on how that's beneficial? Well, that we're not
1: going crazy downrange. Well, actually, from uh, the from the vid- from this high speed video uh, we have done. We say that we see that on a normal arrow, the arrow takes about 16 yards to 17 yards to recover on the 246 and 300. The moment we go to 204, it's going to push around 18 to 20 yards. In the 166 class, it is more like a 22 to 23 yards. The moment we put an arrow concept system on it, because we do most of our tests on the 300, which cross all eyes in 246, the amazing part is that we find out an arrow with full recovery in nine feet instead of three three yards, compared to 16 yards. Those are actual video that we found out, which means that on a pure energy loss, we are talking a 600% reduction. If that don't make anybody sit up and take notice, I don't know what. But now I know
2: what crossbow, when we did the high-speed video on that, the arrows were going into rotation within inches of leaving the bow. Um, which, you know, I've seen lots of other videos out there with like blazer veins or uh,
1: uh, A, that it's, you know, three to five feet. Correct. Take- that itself is, is the characteristics of vein. And and without, that's the reason the arrow concept becomes so important because we are also the inventor of arrow vein, which I would, I, would, I would postpone the discussion of veins in the next episode. But I will just say that important. If on the case that if you've got veins like arrow that can turn within two and a half inch of the launch compared to a blazer at five feet after launch, or even in most cases, the first turn, they got three feet out. Now, imagine if the arrow in this process of recovery, what is the back of the arrow behaving? And what the since if the arrow is flexing, not very tight elliptically, or gyro-elliptical processes, I call it, every single vein is now pointing at a different direction on drag, which is now, is a total chaos, which will not detrimental to the entire correctness of the aero flight. In other words, like, you say, imagine the initial before the aero stop oscillating, that whole process is pretty much like the aero behaving inside your barrel. Now imagine your barrel is not straight or the, the, the bullet is not rotating correctly in your barrel. The longer distance outside is no longer relevant or accurate. I think the best way to describe it is that the launch cycle of the entire air is that from the moment you release the launch from the arrow to leave, the arrow rest is same as the firing of a bullet. The moment the bullet leaves from the firing shell to the barrel, is the same as we an arrow launching from away from the air rest to the point that the arrow stop oscillating and going to a, to a gyro. And then from that point onwards, it's now the true arrow flight. Now, the downside, which most people don't understand, most people say, Oh, I don't shoot past 25 yards. In most cases, all my kills are under 20 yards. Technically, at that moment, you are like holding a gun with the barrel on top of the animal with no distance. Nothing matters. But yes, absolutely. Unless you're really that bad, then I can't help you. But then you see that all the things people we are talking about is after the arrow went through the, the violent oxidation cycle and go into a tight elliptical gyro. Okay, let me let me step back and let me explain what happened. An arrow will flex violently in the initial long cycle. Then you'll go and go into a mediocre flex. And that's what called the oxidation entry paradox or whatever people want to got it. The oscillation process is where arrow will eventually go to the point, you go to a very tight elliptical flex. Yes, arrow never stops flexing until you hit the target in stationary. So the arrows are always flexed in flight. And that tiny flex is needed for the arrow to fly through. And the arrow concept is to control after you launch, first of all, you do two things. It control the magnitude of the arrow bending while inside the violent launch cycle. And it will significantly decrease the entire oscillation cycle in the process going to the type So we know that by you, now this is the basic calculation we come up with. Assuming you got a 22-inch arrow, by putting in a basic arrow concept tube in it, every inch you put in it is equivalent to about half to two-third reduction of the arrow shaft. That means if you put a 10-inch shaft on a 30-inch arrow, that arrow will flex and with the spine behave like it was only 20, plus or minus maybe 20, 30 percent. Depends on the outside OD, the spine of the shaft versus the spine of the inner tube. But that calculation, that means if you got, say, 30-inch minus 10 is 20, 20, and then 10 times 0.6. So you line up with a 26 arrow in effectiveness. Then, of course, if your inner tube is really, really heavy duty, then you, you're increasing it. But you also decrease the capability of the entire arrow as, as a cohesion flex. So there's always a balance. That's the reason, you know, we sell shaft for different purposes for the inner tubings.
2: Now, on these I inner mean, tubings, uh, right, can mm-hmm. you, like, um, why don't you just make the whole, a whole, uh, uh, an, an inner tube to go the whole length of the inside of the shaft? Would that be
1: Better or worse? Well, I mean, in, in case of uh, we we actually build arrow like that. That's Africa picking arrow, the dragon's layer. I mean, you, we are talking three inner tubes of the same identical length. I mean, the only thing you do is that you increase the spine. You also decrease oxidation immensely. And in case of dragon's layer, we build arrow that's twelve spine, twelve to fifteen. Yes, you did hear me right. I mean, but then you're looking at arrow that's about twelve hundred grains.
2: That's for a whole different kind of ball game as far as like a right. close range shot. It's weight stability. No, dangerous
1: game, 40, 50-yard shot. I mean, I got customers no, okay. shooting Cape Buffalo at 60 yards with accuracy, with a with a 900-ring arrow. That's 22-inch long. Yeah, but, but see, the whole idea of the arrow concept is that there's a harmonic cancellation and oscillation reduction process. So when the arrow flexes, the, the inner tube will now... That's the reason, you know, originally we use some normal arrow and put in it but we found out that that is not ideal. I mean, just like original, I just simply me find a gold-deep arrow with the OD of 298,000, and then using my glue to glue it. I found out that I'm not really optimizing it because, see, I do not need the inner tube to have loop strength. See, the loop strength is defined as a tube. When you bend it, you crush it crushes on the OD. That's what loop strength is. That means if your arrow, you, you put a nut in it, you crush it, you turn it, the arrow will split. That's loop strength. That's outer loop and inner loop strength. But in the case of aero concept tubes that we designed, if you hold a tube and you push it down, it will go into longitudinal fibers. Because what we need the inner tube to do is to give you a whole lot of spine without needing any loop strength. Because we don't need it. The outer arrow have all the loop strength you need. What we want to do is increase the spine of the shaft of a different oscillation cycle. And that's exactly why the inner tube is a single layer. It's a single layer. Right? It's a single sheet, linear layer carbon. In other words, if you burn it, you will find out that it's nothing more than just carbon that's going one direction, and you roll it.
2: it it's kind of hard not to uh, talk about the veins in relation to the concept system because that's a big part of what makes it tick, where we get all the Absolutely. benefits. Absolutely,
1: we can sort of hint that a little bit. See, the moment if the arrow is flexing okay, in the initial launch, and then you go into the first, about the first oscillation cycle before you go to the spin for the first 16 to 22 yards, depends on what shaft diameter you're talking about. That whole process, imagine if you increase the front of center, the front end stability will be higher, right? But then what happened to the tail? The more you put in the front end, the worse the tail is going to get, isn't it? If the worse the tail, what happened to the veins on the tail? Now imagine you simply like you cut off two two fins of the fish and throw it back in the water. That's pretty much the reaction of the tail is all over the place and it's not doing anywhere except what you do not want it. That whole process used a humongous, it wasted a humongous of energy. It created a horrendous amount of, and you also, your arrow speed drops significantly. But then when people say, no, it's the same speed. Yes, you're still within that 18, 20, 22, or 23. Yeah, from the very front. So that whole process, the arrow is still in the just like a gun is still inside the barrel. You have not seen anything yet until you pass that past that point and go into a tight elliptical spin. That's where the energy measuring difference is.
2: So, so your veins that's
1: achievable because just I guess just so our listeners
2: understanding you have a higher spin rate vein without going into a lot of it. So your veins will spin faster, and we can get into that tight. Uh, elliptical gyro, as you're saying, with it with a shaft that with the concept system now
1: is more stable, so we can get all the benefits out of it. Well, if, if you look at history, I in fact, I, um, the time that I come with AeroVane is about the time I come with aer- it. Just simply worked, in which I do not know why. It took me a few years to really get all the research down because I was very privileged to get some university professor like Professor Lele at Stanford, Professor Seng at Central Illinois, which I actually retain as my advisor. I mean, I was hoping that when we go to AeroVane, we actually get him online and talk a lot. Because he, I think a lot of people under, need to understand when we go into aerodynamics, that's not many people really know what they're talking about. And for me to find one of the well premier experts, Professor was which have designed over 120,000 airs lifetime, is a privilege to even listen to him if you want to know about aerodynamics. That's the reason I want to sort of delay the whole process. But at the same time, let's think about, not about veins general, in the case of Aero concept. Imagine you've got blazer. I mean, first of all, people need to understand if you shoot over 280 feet per second, feathers have no through effect because feathers are collapsed. So you need to wait for the arrow to go below about 260 feet per second before they come back and do work. In the case of blazers and so on, the arrow concept is critical because if you do not have that, every time the arrow moves up and down, left and right, especially with heavy FOC, the vein is, is pushing the arrow in different directions which now people put more FOC to guide it. But at the same time, there's more press on the back. It's like you're increasing the size of your parachute while you're increasing horsepower. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, I mean, yes, you sort of need to do that. But the whole idea is let the car go, not let it stop. You only sort of have the parachute after you finish the first 100 meter, whatever that is. I mean, just like you do drag race, you deploy your parachute before you reach the point. That pretty much is what most people are doing with the veins and the shaft. And that's what aero have prevented those things from happening. In other words, without aero concept system aero is a high compression ratio at high speed. It is like a drag car. You deploy your parachute when you launch, not when you want to stop. Am I helping? I mean, because I know different concept into this.
2: So what kind of benefits are we seeing as far as? Um, Penetration, age you know, retaining. I mean, yes. a flatter trajectory, that kind of stuff?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the aero concept trajectory is, I mean, that's the reason when people start using aero concept, right on the get-go, we find out that most of the garment scope and so on don't work passing 40 yards. Everything from 50, 60 onwards is guaranteed is going to be off. Hmm. Because see what happened is that you now deal with the entire third factor when you're dealing with the arrow drop. In the, in the old days, we always deal with two factors, which is weight and speed. I mean, you look at every single scope out there, They it, you input the weight and speed, and you're done, right? So you're telling me that uh, if you got a got a truck that's empty, that's squared, with a truck, that, with a sports car, that is the same weight, going down the highway, with the same horsepower, they will behave the same at 65 miles per hour. The answer is hell no. But that's pretty much what they're telling you. You've got the same weight, you've got the same energy, which is speed, the arrow will have the same flight path. It's absolutely no. In case of the vein, it's not that critical for most guys. But the moment you go into a certain gyroscopic spin and certain oscillation process, that difference is quite significant. I mean, I will give you a hint a little bit to, before we go into uh, go out of, uh, just like when we were doing testing back in nine, 2008, a normal bow shooting at 300 feet per second launch, just for putting arrowing two out of from a feather, is a four to five inch difference at 60 yards, just changing veins. We're not talking arrow concept, nothing. That alone should give you some idea. And now, of course, that whole reason is the reason arrow concept come in because we find out there's a lot of things and we try to take away all the bad stuff. I did a
2: brief little test not long ago that I was talking to you about before. I took a um uh, a, a zombie slayer arrow. I took a 2.0 system. I took a 1.0 system uh with the 1.0 system being of the... Uh, same weight as the zombie slayer arrow and the 2.0 was well off the top of my head about 25 30 greens heavier and the 2.0 shot about two inches lower at about 20 yards than the other two the other two shot about right about the same at about 20 yards um 50 yards we started to see a significant difference to where the 1.0 um if i remember right was about a foot higher than the uh zombie slayer of the same weight and the 2.0 system that shot two inches about two inches lower ended up being about six inches higher than the zombie slayer so it really made up eight inches in that and as we went down range we went all the way out to 120 yards uh i lost the 1.0 because that just flew right over the four foot target using <laughs> the same crosshair the the 2.0 system went Exactly 24 inches higher than than the um zombie slayer shaft. It was about 25, 30 grains less. Wow. Yes. So we had a significant difference in point of impact. And this was using the same bow, same set of crosshairs, um on the target all the way out. I mean, we did the testing at 150 and 120, uh 120 yards. But the it was pretty amazing to see that the heavier or even equal weight arrows that were custom built shot significantly higher. And I, I can remember building my first concept system. It was actually based on a Black Eagle Challenger. And I, I got done with the, the show. with the, I did the Dorch thing <laughs> at Harrisburg. And I was I got all this stuff in. I spent a whole bunch of money at the show. And I put it all together. I did this titanium kit. I put this error rest thing on my bow. And I built this concept system Challenger. And it was four grains heavier than the challenger I built with blazers, uh, insert, you know, the standard pro stop. So I shot it at 20 yards. They both had about the same point of impact at 20. I had my 50 yard pin. I just had my brand new Reinhardt 3D Blackbeard target. And I said, I'm going to crack this at 50, see what happens. Well, put my 50 yard pin on her, click the, the thumb, and uh, my arrow sailed about eight to 10 inches over the 3d black bear target right into the woods. And I'm like, wow, that probably was, I don't know, 30, 35 bucks right there. That was expensive. And I had to, I had to jolt or had to be me, right. Chalked up another arrow, same thing, same flight path right over the black bear. And I said, I'll be damned. So I, I started messing with it. My 20 yard pin really became my 30 yard pin. It was actually pushing 32 yards with me not having a chance i mean me hitting relatively within my shooting ability within the size of an egg between 20 i couldn't tell the difference um my 30 yard pin was more like pushing 40 and my 50 i mean i was sailing over to over the uh black bear by eight to ten inches i mean it just it it picked up a significant um amount of uh uh arrow yes yeah just, yeah it was just I, I, and I was floored and I was you know ever since then uh, you know testing these concept systems and stuff was really remarkable just to see that initial gain and i i did a lot of did a lot of this with vertical bow shooting and i had some of my while well, shooting my tightest groups were on concept system built arrows actually on arrows that were by far, not the straightest, it was George's first round of uh, arrow weave that were like <laughs> eight to 13,000s. And I was shooting, you know, under two and a half inch groups at over 90 yards with these things in wind. And it it was pretty remarkable. The average shooter can gain when you work with, this, with an entire system, when you work with the concept mm-hmm. system, the rest of the titanium kit, when you really have a match system to get off of this, you get all the benefits.
1: Well, actually, I really want to point out is that the idea of the concept system is that you make a normal, that we give a normal person a benefit of exceptional capability that is borderline defining physics. But it is not. It's actually optimizing physics. Well, actually, Dave, you mentioned concept 2.0. I want to talk so people know what they stand for. Arrow concept 1.0 stand for having carbon tubing in the front of the arrow. Arrow concept 2.0 is pretty much what you're talking about is, is arrow concept on the back of the arrow. So the arrow concept 2.0 is every arrow in the the top and tubing in the front and in the back to the point that it will it will now control the entire oxygen cycle. Well in in a, in a pure sense if you shoot say a 22, 22 size arrow, what we have discovered is that uh in a normal arrow on or the ordinary flex on a tw- on a go tip 22 with our arrow concept. As you will recover from 16 yards using a basic your know, 30 inch the 30 inch straw 70 pound ball IBO speed, okay. The moment you put arrow concept 1.0 about seven and a half inch in the front of a GoTip 22 because that's what I did most of my tests with, the arrow recover itself into a gyro difficult spin in about nine feet compared to 16 yards. You put arrow concept 2.0 the arrow shaft itself putting another six inch on the back of a GoTip 22 it'll recover into a type elliptical spin in five feet. From different size size, different arrow inner tube, different glue, different point weight, you're going to have some difference. But at least based on what my, what the tests that we use are based on baseline. And it is replicable because I built a lot of Black Eagle Challenger using this. Using Arrow Concept 1.0 on a Challenger, it actually recover also within nine, eight to nine feet because Challenger is a bigger arrow. The carbon is a little bit slower, or faster than a go-tip 22. And if you put about six inch of carbon on the back of a challenger, it is again, recovered in less than five feet. Now, all this is great. The only thing is that if you are in the IBO shooting and ASA shoot, you don't see as much benefit because all this happened, as Dave said. It's around 40 to 50 yards and everything just like awesome. Now, based on what we have discovered, you said with aero concept, the oxidation cycle reduction process really show its end. It's about 40 feet yard and out. Because there's, remember, your normal arrow, your initial 20 something yard, is pretty much your barrel guide process. And then your next 20 yard, you start from like your like bullet, just off your bullet, your, your barrels, it's pretty stable. But the moment you pass that 40 yards, that's where aero concept shines. I mean, remember one time when Rod White was telling me, which I think he shared with you, Dave, because he, I didn't, was, well, was not too deep when he was doing his broomstick. As 50 yards, I really, sort of remember, he told me the difference between aero concept and non-aero concept just on 1.0 is 28 feet per second on a 300, about 290 feet per second bolt. Yeah, he has a That's, video
2: on that. He, he had a video with a write-up on that where he built a concept system arrow um mm-hmm. i think it was av2 veins i forget it. i forget but he he had to write up and i don't know the exact words but it was on infinity archery he has it, he has a video up on on there still i believe um he did a test where he he did all the arrows of matched weight and they all had the same lock time i think he had your video cameras at the time because it was in high speed and um all the arrows leaving the bow at exactly the same speed same lock time on there he had uh um, the arrow downrange is 28 or 29 feet per second faster than any other match weight arrow at 50 yards. And that's that's substantial because you know the archery industry sells bows based on feet per second. A guy will buy a bow because it's 340 and not 330, and not realizing that we can boost the downrange number just by an arrow build significantly. I mean, can you imagine? Telling the guy that we can get his bow and add 20 or 30 feet per second to it downrange where you need it because no one's shooting, no one's really shooting a deer at right in their launch cycle. Nobody's shooting a deer at, you know, two or three feet away. I'm not saying nobody has, but generally speaking, you're shooting a deer at 30, 40, 50 yards. That's where you want to, well, maybe not you. Man. No, we no, no, 50. no.
1: Most people, <laughs> when they talk, like the industry said, most deer are killed within 25 yards. That's the reason a lot of people, do not understand the benefit, and they also don't care the benefit. I think we need to rethink because, see, the same thing uh, when we we go into, especially with the aero concept. Aero concept is meant for aero should long distance and ultra long distance, but we need to define what long distance means. The basic aero industry, the archery industry, anything over 25 yards, in a lot of people, I personally, we're talking... National Archery Coach level peer personnel literally told me that I am unethical because I promote shooting over 25 yards. Wow. So when 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 we explain to people how aero concept behaves and how you can actually shoot 100, 120, 150 yards. As a matter of fact, I want to sort of share with you a little bit, explain what we just did on the 10.505. Yes, we're talking 505 feet per second we find out technically no arrow will work. But the moment I throw a set of arrow concept system on it, it all worked. So what does that mean? I, I think
2: I think there's some <laughs> point in what that guy was telling you. Because, you know, think back to when you first started archery, whether it's probably a long time ago. I know for me, it was probably 30 years now, right? You always got told that you want to take a deer at 20, 25 yards. So now if you look up and follow through the development of archery bows. We have these, we went from uh two, three hundred dollar uh Oneida bows to now we got fifteen, sixteen hundred dollar carbon airs and everything else. We have all this big advancement in bows, but the the mentality out there is still 20, 25 yards. And I'm not saying nothing's wrong, anything's wrong with that, but considering the dollar amount and the way that the archery industry has as a whole came up in and in, um, in, in, in technology, the ability to kill something didn't get any. Fra- We're still on 20, 25 yards. That's I, I think that's in part of the arrow and the component end of it never caught up with the with the industry. We have these advancements that we do with fire knock products to lengthen that to maybe 35, 40 yards where somebody now has co- can get confidence well, shoot it shoot take I, deer at a longer range versus they're stuck in Walmart capable of 20, 25 yards, and I and and, and I'm not saying for anybody to go out there and do that. I'm you know I don't pose any limits on anybody, but you know based on the common equipment of what you're going to see in bass pro shops or Walmart or Cabela's, yeah, I would say yeah, only shoot a deer at twenty five yards. If you want to shoot a deer further, uh, have have an easier width tuning i'd say try to fire next step yeah i think that's that's what's going to do it
0: i think um i think you're seeing with effective ranges in the western hunting those effective ranges are longer than that 20 25 yard range a lot of people are, are they accept the fact that you can shoot an animal at 60 yards when you start talking to people about whitetails they're like no 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 whitetails 25 yards and in and i think you're it's starting to shift a little bit um you'll mm-hmm. hear people talk about their effective range being 40 yards there's a lot of people now that are in the whitetail area they're like i'll oh, shoot a deer at 40 yards 40 yards and under so like that 40 yard mark is now the new the old 25 is now kind of getting to 40 and uh i think that's probably some that's probably because of the uh added technology that we have i shot a deer this mm-hmm. year at 42 yards in north dakota and then i also shot a deer this year in ohio at four yards so like i need i need to have something that's effective at both um but i think the i think the social acceptance on that 25 yard mark is starting to get a little that effective yep. range is starting to lengthen up well
2: i, I well, think what happens is a lot of the guys that are shooting at that yardage you know from, from what i see on forms and stuff is some of them guys out west are using like the 166 shafts and what i don't think it's technology as much as the weight of the arrow and what foc that they're adding to it that are adding all this weight to make it happen because they really it's they're really not knowing how to stabilize a shaft like i have no problem with building a carbon tech cheetah which is one of the lightest shafts out there in standard shaft world with a concept system um to go on an elk hunt and have somebody shoot that at uh, an elk at 50 or 60 yards because i know i can stabilize a light shaft to where these guys have to add a ton of point weight, ton of insert weight to try and make up for FOS, you know, to get to get the weight up there just to make it happen. So I don't think it's as much as technology is. We're approaching it more like a caveman. and We just got to take this big club out to make it happen.
1: That's fair. Well, actually, you know, let me so bring back when I first talked about this, with screaming "Oh, Alaska and also full Curl Dave, another Dave out in Alaska. They have both told me one thing. You say that you don't understand. We don't shoot an animal under 70 yards. Most of the animal in, in my last take, was an animal at 120 yards. I say, what? He said, on the tundra, where do you hide?
0: Yeah, you can't get close to
1: them. I mean, you pretty much have to go from one ridge, wait for them to go over the ridge, and then you shoot it when they are passing over the ridge. How close are you? I say, why didn't you just take a hole and stay and say, there's frost I just saw like a damn. oh, dude! I said, you should go behind a rock. I say what rock? If you got a rock there about three inches tall, pretty much laugh at me. And then of course, the uh, the gentleman from Screaming Eagle Archery was one of the first guys who used my arrow wings. And also, but he never, he never go into arrow concept because unfortunately, like a lot of, a lot of dealers that we, we work with, deal with, the moment you need to tell them they need to be carefully built, putting the glue and then shaft the arrow, wait, wait 36 hours and so on. That pretty much drives everybody out because nobody wants to take the time.
0: Sure.
1: I mean, the, the, I say, well, you can put the arrow aside and then you, you cut the back and then you always say, no, 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 we we, we usually want to do the whole thing in one shot. Insert. <laughs> and then, you know, that don't really work in today's arteries. Like people say, well, you know, I just got some powder and then shove this bullet down on the casing. I'm good. First shop a little bit too.
0: Everybody in Walmart can do that. I have, um, I have two questions with, uh, mm-hmm. so... One of the main benefits that I'm hearing from the arrow concept is impact point at 40 yards and out. Now, mm-hmm. say say I have a typical setup with my arrow, and I do have that shot at 25 yards at a deer, compared mm-hmm. to a normal shaft, wouldn't wouldn't penetrate? The, yeah, yeah what,
1: there's about eight to twelve percent energy difference. Yeah, those are big numbers. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'll give you one last number from, which I get from Rod White is that with the aero concept, That is a diff- that can be a difference, maximum difference using everything we have. At 60 yards, that can be a 38% difference in energy loss. Now, I will give you one last example from one of my very good very good dealer, Jeremy Martin, which I think will bring him up one of these days, to talk about his bill for one of my uh, very dear customers. He's in his late 60s, early 70s. He have a 26-inch straw a maximum of 50 pound pool. We build, he he built an Aero Concept 2.0 arrow. He blowed that elk at 68 yards. Man. And people want to talk about heavy poundage penetration. His arrow is not even 300 grains. Man. So as more you learn, I mean, I mean, if you're an average guy, young, healthy, 30, 39 inch straw, 70 pound, shooting a 400 plus grain arrow, you pretty much don't care about any of those. But if you are like me or my customer, they're older, imagine, and shorter, like some of us. <laughs> when, when you are what you call drawing challenged, this <laughs> become critical. Yeah, seriously, think about it. You've got a 2016 straw with a maximum 50-pound pull. Actually, you end up with 47 pounds when you go.
2: Uh, the impact, impact height, mm-hmm. it's possible. And I'm hoping to see a swing blade coming from uh, Fireknock with a little titanium stuff on it in the future. So this will really make it happen. I built an Arrow light enough but stable enough to where my 20 yard pin at 45 yards only had about four to six inches of drop which technically means i can be one pin with zero to 45 yards no problem with in the tolerance of the of the size of a deer's heart
0: yeah that's huge
2: which which is very significant i just need to Need a little bit of the altercation of the swing blade. Dork knows what I'm talking about. He's going to make it happen.
0: I think that's huge for a whitetail guy. Um, a lot of funny guy. Like, you could take you take guesswork
2: out of it because I get a lot of guys that are like, you know, when they first come to me. Oh man, I got to put my 30 yard pin on, and I should have had my 25 yard or my 20 yard on it. And it's like, well, what if I can, you know, squash that? And I for the general for the general purpose you know that 20 i can get the guy to go from 20 to 30 into one one pin i mean plus or minus like a half yard where it's not even uh uh, really relevant in a hunting situation but when we start really tweaking the builds playing with them we can and start trying to push it um 35 yards on one pin is is acceptable depending on draw length and poundage my arrow was like about a 335 40 grain arrow at the time um and it was on based on a 67-pound bow and about a 20, 29 a half inch draw, which is right in there for a lot of guys. Um, you know, to have a, have one pin out for a guy that's 30, 35 yards is huge. Even when we start talking 3D and hunter's class, you know, because a lot of guys will like to do uh, – they'll go hunting, and they'll take their bow out, and they want to do 3D. Well, you know, hunter class is, what, 35 yards? Well, with the discrepancy of maybe an inch or two, why not let the guy have some fun so he's on target, you know, in that in in the
1: rings on on one pin and shoot, you know, shoot that
0: both with
1: the beauty is that I mean I I I think when we go into the one six six, I will bring the guy, Aaron, from horse archery, who who actually I convinced and he tried because he a lot of people don't understand one six six is really the only way, no, the, the, the Aero Concept is the only way for you to shoot the 166 and the 204. Now remember, we talk about how 166 take about 20, 23 yards to recover. What happened if we put an arrow Concept in 166? What's the recovery now? Remember, the difference between 166 over two uh, over two uh, 246 and a 300 is 16 to 23 yards recovery. And the moment we put arrow Concept in uh, 246 and 300, we dropped 600%. Now, we now put what happened if we put one arrow concept in 166? 166 is such a bad arrow because of its memory effect. And think, because think about memory effect with the arrow concept, we're able to drop it down to around 20 feet. What did That's we recover? That's
0: huge.
1: 20 feet over 23 yards. Come on, think about the numbers. In the case of 204, 204 would make two tubes. The 204 is really heavy. The 204 heavy on a basic 300 spine, six, six, six inch tube on a 204. and a heavy weight, it will recover in six feet. But then you're also adding adding 50 grains on carbon tube. But a 204 light, which a lot of people, including the gentleman from uh, uh, Ozonics, he, he loved the concept, but he don't like the weight. So I had to build him some 204 light. It did exactly what I said it would. And his recovery of the arrow is around 15 feet. Yes, sir. When
2: we when we put the concept system in it and we get the stability, we're minimizing the the flex down range, the arrows flying truer. Mm-hmm. What does that do for the benefit of the angle of a of the point on?
1: Yep, actually that I totally forgot about that split part. What the whole deal is that. I think the very, very simple, I want to bring back into your days of if anybody of us has cut a tomato, imagine this, your knife is on top of it and you cut it down. Now shift your knife slightly by about three degrees and try to cut. Now imagine your arrow did not recover. The point is now flinging up and down like crazy because of the node. And you happen to hit the animal close. As a matter of fact, I'll give you an incident. One of my customers call me back and say, hey, I shoot my high power crossbow at, at, at an elk, which is seven feet from me. He, by the way, he's an army, retired army ranger. He got full ghillie shoot. The arrow hit the animal and broke into seven pieces. He showed me the picture. That's where the problem is. If the arrow do not recover from the oxidation cycle and you, you erupt the entire process, the arrow can can explode in really short range if the power is high enough. It doesn't happen in vertical bolts, just so you feel calm about it. But the fact is that if you do not get the arrow to recover, I don't care what broadhead you use, you just cut 30, 40, 50, 70% of the broadhead penetration ability. It's the same thing. I try to hold a knife, point it down straight into the meat. Now give it three degree pointing down the street, five degree pointing down the meat, and 15 degree pointing on meat. You know exactly what I mean. And that's exactly what. The benefit of arrow concept because the tubing is in the front which means the front is always always pointing straight now
2: i had a, uh, a number of times um actually happened to uh, somebody i know too um as far as customer I had coming in he was had a vertical bow he was hunting mm-hmm. on the mountain and you know although he was in a tree stand where the deer came out was almost like looking at him because of the incline but it was only at like seven eight yards and the guy's a good shooter um, well tuned bow, high poundage bow was shooting a rampage arrow I believe and um, the arrow he hit it, good, made a good play shot on it but it only went in like 2-3 inches got poor penetration and he just watched the deer in his binoculars go over the ridge and never seen it again and he was asking me what you know what happened, I said well you know, you're just shooting the typical uh, half out arrow veins mm-hmm. at close range odds are the arrow wasn't fully recovered and
1: no, it, you hit it more so with the side, the side of the broadhead versus direct in. No, that actually, that is where the design of the broadhead becoming critical. If you got a cut tip or a cut on impact tip and also depends on how the angle of the tip hits, or is it the case when you use a front end deploy and it deploy mechanical. I think it that's pretty much, a, oh, well then, uh, then definitely not the case. But I know a lot of customers actually show me pictures of they shooting an animal a little bit further with one of those front-end deploy and rear-deploy arrow at the angle. I mean, the fact is that we proved to it from all the experiment I did, I proved to my, I proved to myself that if you shoot a rear-deploy, my front-end deployed broadhead, and you hit it at anything over 35 degrees, and if one of the front-end deploy and the front caught them, the arrow will swing sideways because the arrow are still flexing that flex process caused the two blade to open like a scissor and the arrow now goes sideways itself so forward. I noticed on also, impact
2: with mm-hmm. uh, the high speed cameras, you know, the, the front of the arrow when it was impacting the water bottle was very rigid, but I mean, held true, just like we said it would. And the, the back of the arrow without the concept had a significant width to it. And yes. you're going to get it. You're going to get on one of my, videos you're not going to see it real clear so i didn't really put it out there because it was fuzzy um but when i did it with a 2.0 system and i mm-hmm. shot an eggplant but i did it at like 11,000 000 frames a second the 2.0 system only had a slight little flex in the arrow was no like if you looked at the 1.0 system the back of the arrow had the severe kick to it on the mm-hmm. back of the arrow where it went the buck one. I said, okay, well, there's no stability back there yet. Everything's based on shaft and vein only structure. But with mm-hmm. the 2.0 system, even with the longer arrow, because I did it on a 26-inch arrow, when I hit something like an eggplant, it just had a natural slight little flex mm-hmm. in the middle of the shaft, but no severe kick. And I said, wow, I said, that's going to be a much more, that's going to be much more stable um, retaining energy after after impact on impact and after impact through the
1: animal. Absolutely. That's the beauty really of 2.0. I mean you think about a 2.0 it's like you got a train you got a train compare a truck. The 1.0 is that you got a long truck. The 2.0 is got a train coming through. That's the beauty. See people don't understand the, the difference between the, the energy disbursement and also an arrow. The arrow is that the end people don't think you need to think of the entire air as a continuous unit. When it goes in, the rear of the arrow is coming forward. But then a lot of people keep on trying to think, oh, i heavy front of center, and neglecting, and actually they're degrading the back of the arrow. When you really shoot an arrow, the back of the arrow is part of the equation. Otherwise, you won't be having... I mean, the back of arrow is not just to hold the knot so the front of arrow can go somewhere else. You need to think of the entire arrow as the, the flight projectile. You need to make every single part of it work for you. The moment you front of center the front heavily, you're just killing the back. But just to say, imagine this, which is which is a lot of high-speed camera, not just mine or your that, that you made. You notice that if you front of center heavy, the arrow, the moment you hit the target, the entire tail, the arrow, at the same time, when you look at it closely, when it flexes, the arrow actually is going backwards. Just like if you put a pole in the ground and you flex the pole, the pole actually come up and go down. down. To- uh, it's actually the re- factors of energy. Just like when a fishtail move back, back and forward, it go forward, but if directionally, it go backwards.
0: So I, I would, s- I would also go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, I have a question on the arrow concept. When okay, say I'm a consumer and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you guys talk about this, and what? Phys, like what physical components am i receiving if i'm switching to an aero consumption
1: first of all i would not recommend you do that I was, i would that's the reason i got of entry that's the one of the worst thing you can do is that try to build your aero concept system on your own
0: i mean for you mm-hmm. like say i go to oh, it yeah. go to you what are the physical yep, yep. components that what makes yeah, talking, up an aerocon- uh, the aero-concept?
1: the aero concept is nothing more than a tube a carbon tube that we specially design is a linear carbon tube and an insert for the aero concept 1.0 so the arrow tube is able to anchor itself on the insert and then glue into the front of the arrow shaft. The arrow concept 2.0 is a whole different ballgame because now you need skill and ability and the knowledge of gluing. You need to now glue the arrow tube to the back of the arrow, in front of the neck, or pre- more preferably in front of, just slightly overlap the vein. Because at that moment, the only thing that holds that tube there is the glue and nothing else. So the cleaning process, the chamfering of the tube, the control of the glue, the temperature of gluing, all of them become so... Im- I mean, let me give you, give you an idea. One of my customers tell me that, one of my dealers who glue Aero Concept and tell me it doesn't work. I have to ask him, where do you glue it? In my basement? What's the temperature? Well, it's so cold. The fact is that the AG, AGUSSE requires 70 plus temper- degree temperature to function. Otherwise, the crystallization is too fast, and eventually the powder will form crystallization, will form powder, and the whole thing will fail. The second part, you said you also need moisture. And then you, you can't go to something like that. That, that actually all from my dealers in Canada, which have super cold. Now they learn. They keep the freaking office at 75 degrees, and then they have the humidifier. It made all the difference in the world. And at the same time, you know, like one customer told me, he was gluing everything and nothing right. The glue just failed. I say, no. Well, t- explain to me. He explained everything to me. And I where do you mix your glue? He mixed it on a piece of cardboard. I say, that's why you you promoted two things. First of all, when you mix it in the cardboard, most of the hardener will seep into the cardboard. Your ratio is no longer one to one. The second, cardboard will accumulate heat. You are forcing the glue to cure faster. You should use it on a piece of aluminum foil when you mix epoxy. All those small things are so critical because most people, you know, you know more time they just make it fast, but the guy took his time to he mix it all because he, he thought he got close to two hours to work with it. So he mixed the part and let it sit for half an hour before he glue it. But guess what? He just left 15% of his head to the cardboard.
2: We talked about the uh, penetration okay. and stuff of the arrow, and that's all good, but I don't want to miss out on the point that the 2.0 system when shooting at, especially when you get out to like the 50-60 yards notice on the I've noticed it on a vertical bow, it's a much more forgivable system to shoot. It's right. it's it's just easier when you have when you have that much more added stability in the shaft, hmm. you're shot Right? I had a I had a way easier time shooting at 50-60 yards than I even did with the 1.0 concept system where I had to have more form to execute the shot versus I was allowed to be a little bit off and still make it there with a 2.0 system. And I I flipped around from 1.0 to 2.0 the whole day, off and on the whole day doing that, saying, and I just can't. It was a much more forgivable system.
1: 2.0, Arrow Concept 2.0 is pretty much the, I mean, I have to, because when when you and Tony both tell me 2.0 is the way to go, I really don't want to go into that troublesome of putting that tube on the back. But you know what? It proved that it was such a good system, except, I'm generally lazy. Okay. (laughs) That 2.0 system is just like, I know how good it is. I build some 2.0 crossbow arrows. It's like, damn, are they good? Because the the 2.0 arrow, my 65-yard pin become my 80-yard pin in my crossbow. I just added the 15-yard I mean, it was very accurate. That was my problem. I say, oh my God, I really love this stuff. But that's the reason I really try to find an easy way for people to put 2.0 without going through extreme. But that is you really need to learn this process I think in some way that's reason I I actually that was the beginning of the aero the final certifying training stuff because I really think I need my dealer to learn this stuff because if they don't you trying to build a 2.0 and build it wrong you're gonna hate it you will just waste a lot of money and not getting the result yeah sure 1.0 and 2.0 does the arrow concept will, when you put into arrow shaft you'll give you three major factors the first of all you get a flutter trajectory. You got a faster recovery. You can shoot an animal at shorter distance without causing it to explode. In case of crossbow, all of this means that you got way much better penetration, way higher impact point, and not to mention, there's one thing for a lot of traditional guys. A lot of guys really love is that the arrow becomes super quiet. Now, how come if you're super quiet? Because the things are no longer in chaos; they are even now.
2: I uh, I, I think we uh, should mention that for the guy that's the you know works. Five six days a week he um he needs an arrow that he doesn't have to spend hours and hours with tuning and when we when we spine locate the arrow we build the arrow with the concept system this makes him going out there and shooting because a lot a lot of people only practice them one or two weeks before season because of family work etc this is a is a significant benefit because it helps dampens some of the some of the errors that occurred that the shooter doesn't even know he has now granted if the guys if the guy is um so terrible that he drives the truck off the road you can't help him but for a lot of minor areas this significantly plays a factor in his shot and allowing him to have just fun shooting instead of him rack his brain out.
1: Yeah actually the 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 with the Aero concept 2, 1.0 you can pretty much give an average guy an extra three to five yacht with his current setup. I mean that pretty much is the bottom line. But for the for the guy who really want to shoot long distance, I mean, I hate to say that, but just like the, he showed me two customers of his is going nuts. I mean, we are talking to take the at one hundred and twenty yards, which I don't think is a, I don't think it's right. But hey, the guy killed it. The guy killed it effectively. Give him all the confidence in the world to do it. I mean, I'm not saying that me and you can shoot twenty one hundred yards and kill somebody with a super expensive rifle, but when you have the training and the confidence to do it, when he call, it's your personal call but at least you know the equipment is capable. Now the question is that, not that if you want to, you can't. Now, if you have your training with the equipment, you can't. That's the difference.
0: Yeah.
2: I love and, it. And, and there's a lot of other variables that are into this because, you know, when you're out hunting, you know, it's a lot of the times it's not that bright, sunny, 70, 80 degree day that you practice on. You're in a tree, you're in a tree that's moving. You may have 10 or 15 mile an hour wind. You may have, you may have to shoot through solid objects such as rain and snow, and all these factors play into throwing your accuracy off. When you when you need a lot of this to uh, you know take a little bit of that take a little bit of that back and, and keep the accuracy within your game. We, you know we often talk about all the technology, and a lot of guys would be like, "Oh, this is super complicated stuff." And and getting getting to this point, yes, it 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 it, it took a lot of that to get there. But in actuality, the end result is we're making the shot simple. Got There's it. a lot of technology and stuff that goes into this to make it easier for the shooter. And at the end result, it's the basic shaft that you're shooting that ends up being that ends up being complicated because you have all the errors to deal with as compared to a custom built shaft.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I saw. Let me start, end this with a with a with a with a with a history joke. I remember when I first got my first car, every time I go in the car, I put the key in, I say a small prayer. And now I drove my wife's Pacifica, every time we stop at a headlight, red light, the freaking engine stopped. I mean, that's the difference between technology. I mean, the the, the fact is that the technology is significantly improving. I'm very glad that we are part of the, the movement. But at the same time, I really think that people need to really rethink what the entire airline cycle is. The, the arrow is not just an arrow. I will always tell people, just like software. When a long time ago you spent all the money in hardware, then you find out all the money in software. Now you find out all the money in service. The same thing with Archery. In the old days, everybody spent all the money in their bowl. I think they really need to think about the arrow shaft and how to build it.
0: I agree. I agree. So what are we going to cover next week? Let's give let's give everyone a, a little sneak peek. Well, I next think week.
1: we are going to go into the knocks and inserts. Another one, aero component with a touch of aeroving. I think that would pretty much tie up everything we talked about for the last three times because we now, we're going to put it together.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I look forward to it. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review in the comments. Go check out the podcast on Dorja's Fire Fireknock TV channel. Leave any comments you have there.
1: Yep. Uh, I want to make sure that, you know, all the in- individual podcasts, you can put individual comment per episode and i will answer every single one of them all right so uh let's go from there i know people is not going to look into this until later we use the youtube channel to re-host the podcast so you can leave comment and i can answer we intend to leave that for a very long time as time as we build the entire knowledge base thanks George. you're very welcome thanks Gary, and we'll talk to you again dave
2: i'll see you have a good one